Rooted in Revenue with your host today, Susan Finch. with Rooted in Revenue. And today I have one of our hosts from Funnel Media Group on with me because Tessa Berg from ModUp had this wonderful, very short, powerful episode about what ChatGPT is not, what it can't do, and how marketers need to be comfortable, confident in the tools that they already have, how they are still able to succeed and don't have to worry about job security. It's not going to replace you. But Tess and I are here to talk about how you can still rise above by utilizing some of the tools, the terminology, the tactics, and incorporate it into the things only you know and have access to, namely the data. So Tessa, welcome. Thanks for having me, Susan. I'm excited to be here. Cool. So when Austin edited your episode, he said, you need to listen to this, mom. So this episode is powerful. He said, and it's what people should know because all we hear about is how it's going to replace everybody, especially marketers are freaking out. I said, you're absolutely right. So I listened to it and I went, oh my gosh, this is it. So I wanted to have you on to continue this and get a few more thoughts from you on, yes, we know we can't be replaced, mm -hmm. but what can we do to make the most of our secret sauce and incorporate in some of the tactics and tools with AI? Mm -hmm. So one, a lot of the marketers that I talk to who are the most fearful, the most concerned, haven't even really tried chat GPT themselves. So the first thing, give it a try. And for anything to write a paper, to write a press release, to write, do your social media ads. And the more you use it, you will start to discover that there are some limitations and you will fall back on your experience and be like, huh, I don't think that's exactly right. That's not quite in our voice. That's not really what I know about this audience and what I know about the audience, and what they would respond to. So I would say, give it a try if you haven't already. And that seems very simple, but I am surprised by the number of people who just haven't gone out and given it a try. Now, when you're doing that, do not put in any data about yourself, your clients, or your own business. And I would not use it for anything that you're delivering to a client. So this is test and for fun, give it a try. The next thing I would do is start to think about, you know, what is specifically unique to your brand, your personal brand, your business, and really examine what type of data are you collecting about that? This is a big opportunity to not just get explicit data from clients, like feedback, form inputs, but to think about what implicit data starts to tell us more about our audience and how they're responding to our content, to our products, and really any events and services that we're putting out there. I think that was a great caution you gave. And we know these beasts are all learning as we all use them. And so the information that will start to be gathered will be more biased, but it will also be very specific. And we want to be careful what is put out there because it is still being collected. And we're kidding yeah. ourselves if we think it is not. <laughs> it is still being collected. But another thing to know when you get responses back is they're not real time. I feel like some people are reading the responses and they're 
they're like, oh, this must be the most recent and current information. It's not. So that's another thing you have as a marketer, you have context, timeliness, and only you can bring that lens. I think of what's coming out of ChatGPT specifically, that tool is some things to think about, some inspiration. I have found it most useful to make sure that I really thought through a challenge or a situation in totality. Um, and I've also loved it for summarizing things down. I tend to be long-winded, but it's not the finished product and it's not real time. And it certainly doesn't reflect your personal expertise or lens on the world or on your customers. There is no replacement for that. I will admit sometimes I need it because I get scattered and I yeah. will toss something in there and say, can you reorganize this in a more logical way thinking of storytelling and based on the prompts that you put in there it's like oh thank you yeah. it rewrote a whole presentation for me that was starting to jump around because I kept expanding it over the years mm -hmm. and it tailored it back down which was great yeah it gave me ideas for images and things to use in the presentation it's the time-saving piece of it mm -hmm. doing that for the formatting for the drilling down for the thinning out freeze marketers up to do the real critical thinking, the analytical thinking, the direct application based on the data and the conversations they have with real people. Mm -hmm. I agree. You hit on an important skill, which is prompts. You know, if yes. someone hasn't Googled prompt engineering or how to write a great prompt, you know, find a YouTube video. It's incredibly helpful because sometimes when people are testing and playing around, they kind of get hung up on the fact that nothing good came of it. And it actually didn't save them time because they spent so long trying to get a better and better answer. One, you're going to have the best answer as the person. So don't, don't expect it to be better than you. You know, people talk about AGI and it's going to get smarter than us. That's not ChatGPT. So knowing how to write the right prompts and talk to it like a human, you know, who are you? You are a CMO. You are trying to think through what's the best way to organize a team building day and you have all these goals and objectives and you have all these personality types and all these different interests. When you do that and you've said who I am, what I'm trying to accomplish, what I'm trying to organize, that's going to put out a good response that can inspire you. And that does save a lot of time because now you're not starting from scratch and then you can do that critical thinking on how would I improve upon this? There's some great courses on Udemy. Oh, yeah. That I've been playing with. And I like the different levels and the instructors are some that are better than others. But some of the prompts and the explanation of the elements of a prompt, I found really helpful. Mm -hmm. And it's been helping me as I've gone along for the last eight months or nine months of how to properly phrase things exactly to not waste that time saying, no, no, you have it wrong again. Try again. And there are times that I'm just like, <sighs> sign at chat GPT, but it's all because I'm not asking properly. And you can even ask chat GPT. If it finally gets you to where you want, ask it. Mm -hmm. How could I have asked you the first time how to give us this type yeah. of result? That's what should I have asked you? And it'll tell you. Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot just by saying, how can I not waste so much time with you? <laughs> yeah, I love that tip. Yep. I've done that. <laughs> Let it guide you and get rid of your verbosity and everything else. I have a couple of people I deal with and their emails are long and there's a lot in there. And I put it in there and I said, 
please send me back a bulleted list of the key points in this email. <laughs> yep. So I know what I should be talking to them about. <laughs> yeah. And it's also great for if you record a lot of your conference calls and you yes. need the notes from them. That's it. How can people incorporate it into some of our other tools? I mean, I know a lot of people run their businesses. Their CRM is tied into HubSpot. We use Salesforce. We use all these different tools. Where can we use that as a shortcut to help us? Because what's the worst thing about a CRM? Entering all this stuff into it. Yes. So as a business, we're exercising a lot of caution around our use of ChatGPT specifically. And I think everyone should. They're bias is one, and this is going to exist in any um, LLM that you use. But so I'm going to talk about this broadly. If you're thinking about using it for email, I would recommend that you look at licensed products and that you start to set up proper use and standards that go across your company. So a few weeks ago, we started our AI council. We have six committees. They're all defined and they're all responsible for different areas and use of AI. Because we're talking about generative today and we will continue to talk about that, but there's lots of different areas and those committees are gonna cover cybersecurity, measurement, proper use, review of tools. And we wanna come up with a stack that we know is HIPAA compliant, uh, protects people's brand, respects artists. So that's sort of a disclaimer. Like, I think when you start talking about, we're going to put ChatGPT into an actual workflow, look at these tools aren't free, so you're going to invest. But if you've been playing around with it, now you do have a good sense of how much time you're going to save. So where I would have sent out one email by using a generative tool, in my CRM, I have this customer data. It tells me about my different segments, and now I can use an LLM to make this message, this core message more personalized to the needs, motivations of each of these different segments. And that would have taken one writer more time to do manually, where now if you had already taken that step back and you're starting to think about what really defines my different segments and I have them in a CRM, well, now you're starting to set up for workflow. And this is another part where marketers are critical in thinking through the data strategy, the architecture, and the management first before you start rolling out generative AI into your workflows to protect your clients. And I, I am speaking specifically about agencies, one, mm -hmm. a lot of experience at agencies, but I think it's even more important on the client side. You know, like I remember when I was on the client side, the legal team was very curious about what we were doing with all of our multivariate testing, and we were collecting behaviors about the user and then changing the experience and even the pricing package that they got depending on their flow. And they felt like this is a long time ago, like the time that was revolutionary. You know, they're like, well, is that ethical? You know, we talked about that same questions we have to ask today. Are you being ethical? Are you looking for bias? How are you looking for bias? What is your process? How are you going to check for that? And so ChatGBT might not be the strongest tool. Now, if you're no. a small business and you want to get started and you're like, well, my emails are not going to include anything specific to our company or our client's company. We are not going to get super creepy on how we use our CRM data. Then yes, I think putting ChatGPT into the flow to simply summarize down, give key points. That is how we used it when we were starting. The podcast is a great example. 
I talk a lot, you talk a lot. <laughs> like we have all this audio content. Right. And now ChatGPT can summarize it. We can slap it into an email very quickly because that's content we already put out into the world. So I would say Correct. that's a slice where you can start. Use ChatGPT on content that you have already publicly put out there. But mm -hmm. as you become more sophisticated and you want to become more personalized, more targeted, scale it up because you are now realizing the benefits and you're like, oh my gosh, this saves manual time. But if I start investing it in strategic time, the value really grows. That's when I would start looking at like, do we need a council to start thinking about our standards for right. scale? How are we going to protect ourselves, our clients, or if you're on the client side, our business? So yeah, always in these little steps and phases and start small, knowing that you can grow and always be thinking about that security ethic side for sure and bias. There are already a lot of products, you know, it's open source. So they're already incorporating all of that into their tools. And you're right, those are third-party tools that you might be incorporating or plugins or add-ons to your CRM and different pieces. I think the one of the most important things you talked about, though, were the policies. And you need to have the discussion before you get too far down the road, or it's just like the Wild West in your company where everybody's just doing whatever they want to save time. And you don't know what they're using and who's checking on it and who's verifying, because we do know, too, that all of these tools make stuff up. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> all of them. Not just, I mean, ChatGPT is the one we all know, but all of them make stuff up and you do need to check. And even if it cites sources, you need to go look at the sources because even then it makes them up. Mm -hmm. I mean, what the quotes, the direct quotes, I do this for Corey and Chris all the time. Give me five direct quotes from the episode. Like, when did they say that? They never said that in that episode. Oh, my apologies. You know, I must have been looking at something else. It... <laughs> no, I love that example. That is part of our, so what you're hitting on the policies, but also the QA process. And that is a part of our internal QA process. If it pulls out summary points, we actually do take the entire transcript and do a find to make sure it was there. Yes. Yeah, it's like you do. And that's why playing with it is so important and looking at it. Because you start to discover these nuances and these little idiosyncrasies. And you're like, oh, whoa, that that wasn't very good. And it's like, make a note of it. This is now in your QA process. <laughs> right. Oh, and the reviews are hilarious because when Chris and I, with Corey, were writing that book, the book we did right when chat, we slammed a book out to show how you could easily generate a book from your podcast. Chris was asking it for reviews of the market dominance guys podcast and stuff would come in like, who said that? And it would attribute to people we knew. Oh, like, they didn't funny. say that anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I know it is. That cracks me up. Well, so we wrote to those people and asked and we said, would you mind if we attributed this quote to you? So ChatGPT spit it out and they were laughing. So it's sure. <laughs> they probably thought it sounded good too. <laughs> oh, it sounded great. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes me worried about, you know, the school side of it is because kids, it, writes better than them. And I don't think schools should have a, do not use any form of AI machine learning or don't use chat GPT, but I do think they're going to have to start looking at what is done in the classroom right. versus, you know, what do you assign outside the classroom? But, you know, I do remember 
when I was in college, it was the time when Google came out, the professors were like, you can't use Google for your research papers. It's like, nobody's thinking, listen to that. It's like, what? Like, you got to go into the library, pick up that card and write down where you found that book. And I didn't do it. I don't know if many people did. So this, I think it's not productive and it's not supporting student development to say like, do not use these tools. Tools aren't going away. They're They're not. But it's no different than the marketers take on it. The teachers, the educators, the principals, everybody involved in the schools are afraid, have not tried it, just like what we were talking about with marketers. And where where they need to be is really trying it and coming up with their policies and teaching these students. I just wrote a blog article on this the other day for this reason, because one of my best friends works with this mentoring program where they teach kids how to have life skills and get mentored by professionals in Orange County, California, and they all get assigned these mentors. But getting back to that, the students need to know that it replaces time, not thinking. Right. And to be taught the proper way to come up with prompts, how to use it, how to check it, how to go back so you're not embarrassed like that one attorney was. Remember when he posted the results from a case that didn't even exist (laughs) That was crazy. That was nuts that he wouldn't check it. But it's that type of laziness, Mm -hmm. that type of trust, blind trust and assumptions in the interest of checking the box and getting it off your list. And we do a disservice to our employees, but we also do a disservice to our students to not have maybe a workshop, maybe a workshop for the teachers first to help dispel what they don't know about it to help them understand how it can be used to save them time as well. Because we also know chat GPT is very fond of certain phrases and words that crack me up. Everything's unleashed, unleashing, unleash. Yes, I agree. And it's funny because AI machine learning has been around for a while and it's in other aspects of our life that maybe just haven't gotten as much attention, but our kids have kind of already been playing with it. Like if they're playing Roblox, if they're playing games that are responding to them as humans, if personalize the experience based on their gameplay. And my kids love this app character.ai where they think they're talking to a celebrity. They're so aware that it is not Justin Bieber. So they have this understanding that um, AI can be kind of cray cray. They'll ask Justin Bieber a question and they're like, Justin Bieber would never say that. That's not accurate about his relationship with Selena Gomez. So like, but they enjoy that banter. They also like, it's creative. It gives them ideas. My daughter's really into performing. So, And I think, again, the schools do have to get comfortable with it, but mm-hmm. how does it help unlock a different way of approaching communication, of approaching writing uh, and creativity overall. That is something to think about. Not something for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you for your time today and willingness to just kind of jump on and keep going through the same topic, but deeper and deeper. Thank yeah. you. No, thank you, Susan. I loved it. Well, we'll have this up for next week. And everybody, you can find me at rootedrevenue.com. Find me in all your favorite podcast apps. You can find Tessa's show. Go look for Leader Generation by ModUp. You will find it in all your favorite podcast apps as well. Or go on the modup.com site and you will find even more tools 
handouts, free things, newsletters, videos, everything that you need to succeed in your business. Thank you so much. Thanks. Never miss an episode. Check out rootedinrevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. So go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing and your online presence.